Shalom and welcome to another episode of the Two Jews, Ten Opinions podcast. I'm Eli Shanes. And I'm Levi Diamato. And it's only 43. It's 43 degrees now, but it's this morning when I woke up, I think it was like 34. And last night it was 29 yeah. degrees, which is just like crazy situation. It was really crazy. I was right out now. at a, a TKE party. Oh, okay. uh, if people don't know TKE, that's a frat around here. I'm really freezing. I was freezing my ass off over there. So, yeah, pretty cold night. Pretty cold week overall in Gainesville, which is crazy. And we have another guest on the podcast. His name is Shlomi, and he doesn't believe in Fahrenheit. So, Shlomi, if you could introduce yourself and explain why you think Celsius is a better solution. Hi, my name is Shlomi. I'm 27. I was finished a degree in business and economic administration, and I'm living in Gainesville right now. And yeah, Celsius is always the best solution, you know. Uh, like yesterday, it was like minus one or like zero degrees. It was so cold. But why is the best solution? Because like in any other place on this planet, we're using it, you know. I understand, but I like the idea that zero is freezing. That makes more sense. Wait, zero is freezing, right? In Fahrenheit? Zero, no, 32 is freezing. 32 is like the freezing rate. I think like... It just makes more sense that like 100 is really hot. <laughs> Shlomi is here with us because he just returned from Israel. He was volunteering for, you said, three weeks, right? Yeah. So we just want to hear from you. Um, what were you doing? Where were you volunteering? And how was it? So we was uh, people from all around the world. Uh, Canada, United States, and Australia. It was amazing. We was volunteering in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Uh, we was volunteering in an organization that called Yatsara. So Yatsara is a nonprofit organization that bring people that need medical supplies. And like right now with the war, it was uh, doing laundry for the people, the, from the Jewish people that evacuate from Gaza Strip. So it was amazing. Uh, my team, we was volunteering more in Jerusalem. So imagine that every morning you wake up like near to the Shuk, Machna Yehuda, and you going, you taking the light train to Yatsara, and then you start work from nine to three, and all the things that you're doing in like all day, you just fixing medical supplies, for example, walkers or wheelchairs, and imagine that feeling that's like. Uh, like an old lady that need that uh, wheelchair. She coming to inside Yatsara and after you fixing the wheelchair, because like I didn't know how to fix a wheelchair before, but they was teaching me, so it was awesome. Now I know how to, to fix medical supplies as walkers and uh, wheelchair. And imagine that feeling that that lady taking the, the wheelchair home because she needed it and you was the one that's like fixing it. So it's amazing feeling. And to do it with a lot of people from all around the world, it's like more amazing. I mean, I'm originally from Israel, but all of these guys, it was like, uh, instead of going to like parties or instead of like taking vacation with a family, it was just like, no, I wanna skip my winter break. I want to come to Israel to volunteer because I understand that the Jewish people right now need our help. And this is what they did. They paid about a flight like for $1,400, $1,400 just to come to Israel. And it was amazing, you know, the food, the people, the culture right now, like the solidarity right now in Israel, amazing. You know, um, Shelby, um, I want to get a little bit of background about your life in Israel. I mean, where, where were you originally from um, and, and what, what did you do before coming to America? So I'm originally from Rehovot, a city 20 minutes in the south from Tel Aviv. It's a really cool city, a lot of, like we call it the, the city of uh, culture and science because Machon Weizmann is over there. And my family is like really, really like uh, root deeps in Rehovot because my grand grandfather was the chief rabbi of Rehovot, Arav Bar Shaul. So yeah, I'm really connected with Rehovot. Uh, but right now, my, my parents live in Kriyat Malachi. It's like 40 minutes from Gaza Strip. It's like more in the south. Uh, it's like between Ashkelon to Ashdod. It's really like a small town. And because my parents was live like uh, live Rehovah too over there because like uh, instead of like buying like four or like five uh, house like with a bedroom, so you can like go and like buy a much bigger house in Kriyat Malachi. So this is the reason. And the life, the life over there is like is is really it's really like interesting because right now with the war, uh, I remember when when um, my mother called me like one day after the war started because uh, 
because the time differences so she didn't was was awake when the the war was started and uh, and me as well and she called me like dude the war has started like it's a terrible it's terrible things that they like they did in the south and everything uh, all the Jewish uh, villages around Gaza and it was like I, I didn't understand what happened in Israel like even if I'm Israeli like you don't understand even if like even if you like you have family and friends over there if you're not being over there you don't know actually what happened and what I remember when I was landing in Tel Aviv I thought like it's gonna be like uh, I'm gonna see like car exploding outside and people like you know like injured but Right now in Tel Aviv, it's really safe, and Jerusalem as well. It's like uh, the war is still happening, mm. and like the hostages situation, everything. It's it's real. It's like it's it's still happening. I mean, like you walk in the street, it's really safe because after like three months of a war, people want to go out. People want like they need to go to the job, and. But the war is still happening. You seen like uh, on the street, you seen like couples. Uh, it's really, it's really double. You seen like a uh, Saturday night. You seen um, a couple. He is going to the to the army tomorrow, or both in some situation, and she's like walking with him, and like, she holding him, and she's like uh, really don't want for him to go. But tomorrow, like the day after, he need to go to the army to serve and to protect his country, and it's really beautiful. And you're seeing a lot of uh, people trying to help. You're seeing uh, a lot of organization outside in the street and just make trying to take make a donation from people that need. Um, it's it's amazing. I mean, the solidarity right now. Everyone just want to help. And you mentioned, by the way, before I just wanted to clarify, um, Chaim Weitzman, right, is from Rehovot. I just I've been there one time before. Rehovot. Really? Because they have the science museum there, right? right? Okay, so I went a few years ago to Rehovot. I wanted to um, just clarify what you were saying. So, your mom called you. Was it at nighttime? No. In U.S. like U.S. time, or was it in the morning U.S. time? Yes. When your mom called you. Yes. Okay. So she had like a really good understanding of what was going on at that point, or no? No. She was like, uh, I just, I just know, like uh, we saw in the like Telegram WhatsApp, mm. like a Telegram app, that a lot of things like a lot of bad things happen but nobody was really know what happened until like a couple I think a couple hours but if you want to like to talk about like really happened like nobody understand until like a couple days after because like it was like really barely like all the foggy what happened over there yeah I mean you can speak after this Haley but I remember because yeah. I I was aware of what was happening not I saw the um the red alert that Tevadom um the red alerts like at, at nighttime, like midnight probably, 11. And, but the next morning and throughout that day, I didn't really have the full grasp of what was going on, I would say. Mm -hmm. I still did my normal stuff, you know. I went about my day, like, because um, it was a football game that day. Yeah. So I was going around, um, and it wasn't until, like, the evening when I finally kind of understood what was going on. Mm -hmm. So for me, as someone who um, doesn't, use their phone right, on, right. on on holidays that was the holiday of Simchas Torah or yeah. like the, mm. the second days of um of Sukkot and I didn't know anything I just know people were talking about it like at Chabad and like my friends were kind of like talking about it but we kind of didn't really know what was going on necessarily that, like that Saturday night or uh, Friday night was it it was a Saturday night was it yeah because it's a two-day holiday so right. it doesn't matter like I was pretty much in the in the mm. in the dark um, for a few days, so I, d I didn't know anything, and I mean, obviously, like, I have, I have family in Israel, but they're, you know, they're in, um, Jerusalem, and, and those areas are there, so, like, it's not like I was, like, the most worried in the world, but I know for people who do have family there, or even live there, and do keep, um, um, those holidays, uh, to the fullest extent, and they are not able to use their phones or, or contact their family, I know that it must have been, um, I know for them that it was very difficult. Shlomi, I want to ask, um, especially since your family is more in the South, what what was going through your mind specifically, like, during that time? So, because my family is from the South, like, to see 
that a missile shoot throwing like the Hamas is throwing missile to Kriyat Malachi was like all this area. It's something that's like it's usual to us and people don't understand because it's happening all the time. It's not the first time that it's happening in Israel. So when I've seen the first alarm, so I was thinking, oh, it's an air attack. It's happening all the time. My family is going to come uh, going inside the bomb shelter. And if it's going to pass like after one hour at least. But after like a couple of hours, I'm, I'm still seeing it. And I was like... I remember the first night that like I didn't be able to wake up like to go to sleep, you know, because I was like it was on and on and on all over all over the time and like because my family is, is summer Shabbat as well. So they don't like uh was touching on the phone and because of that this is one of the reasons that my mother was calling me like uh after the holiday. Exactly like you said. And like nobody knows what happened and I know that I have friends in the party. Like, a, like I had five friends in the party. Uh, two didn't survive, a three survived. I, mean, I can tell you it's like, they have amazing stories, they're heroes. I mean, the things that they saw, terrible. Like uh, one of my friends, his name is Doror. He was a police officer that was uh, from the first people to jump and to help the civilians. And he was murdered in the party. And I have another friend uh, that his name, is Aviel, he was just like uh, one of the people that's like uh, celebrating and like uh, party in the uh, Nova festival. And we didn't know what happened with him until like uh, after a month. And after a month, they found his body in like the middle of the way because maybe he was uh, trying to escape or something like that and they just murdered him. But I have two other, uh, like I have three, three other friends. Two of them uh, was a really famous video of Nate, the one that uh, from the Vampire Diary, Nate, the one that came to Israel. I don't know the Vampire oh, Diary. Oh, you didn't see the show? No. I mean, it's like uh, in Israel, it's a really common show. But anywho, so his name is Oren. He was a, he was a bartender in this party mm. with his friend Maron and it was like, driving and they saw the terrorists so they'd be able to escape but my friend Oren got two shot two like two bullets in his back and after like I think two months he came back to serve so it's amazing really yeah after being shot in the back twice yeah he was injured he was like waiting in his house you know healing and after like two months he came back to serve it's wow. amazing yeah can we put this in okay so it's Sarot is you said it's Kiryat Malachi Kiryat Malachi okay yeah. Um, you said it's 20, 30 minutes away from? Like 40 minutes. Okay, and how far is Storot? Storot is like uh, so, b like half an hour or 40 minutes as well. Oh, okay, I got you. So it's like the same distance. I just wanted to clarify yeah. that, but you, you can go on. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you want to go back, I mean, what I just wanted to kind of ask what you did before coming to America or what you did oh. in Israel. So I was a student. I was studying in a real university in the Samaria. It's like a half an hour from Tel Aviv. I was studying business and economic administration and I was working two jobs because uh, I remember from age 17 or 18, I was telling to my family, like, I want to pay about myself. I want to be, I want to be able to pay about everything that I want. So I was working two jobs. So because I, I was paying my, my call, like I was paying about my college. So I was working as a coordinator for the IDF. I was working with uh, teenagers and everything in a real uh, city. And I was working in a financial company that's called Creston Global. Uh, I was an analyst over there and uh, dealing with Sox Consult and Intel Auditor. So it was like amazing because I had like two jobs. So I didn't have a lot of times, you know. And then I came to here, to Gainesville. I mean, it's it's really awesome place. I love the people over here. I love the students. It's amazing area. The the view over here, really cool. The food, the people. All right, that's really cool. Is there any good Israeli food here? <laughs> mm, no, the only thing that I'm cook. If I'm cooking it. What do you cook? Ooh, everything, basically, everything. What's everything? Pasta, meat, chicken, fish, basically everything, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I want to ask, so, you know, you're talking about how, you know, everyone's kind of, like, coming together in Israel, um, the the morale of the people. You know, obviously, it's a very hard time, but everyone's coming together and supporting each other. Um, and, you know, you know, just even months ago, uh, you had all these protests in Israel, Um uh, protesting the government there and, and the things that they were doing. Why do you think 
Israel was able to just pivot so quickly and just come together after a time that was so divisive in its history? So first of all, I think it's a really good question. One of the things that you, you can see about the Jewish people history around all of the years, that doesn't matter what people, like what evil people doing to us, we all, in like in the hard times, you can see the solidarity in the Jewish people. We always be together. It doesn't matter what happened before, but when someone want to kill us or someone wanna hurt us, in a second, we are united together. Every time that people are trying to hurt us, I mean, we are can we can be united in a second. And this is one of the things that's unite. Like uh, this is one of the things that define I think the Jewish people, right? I mean, you you remember like every time according to the history. I mean, like. Uh, Holocaust, uh, Independence War, like all the wars in Israel, it's like after like one second, the Jewish people was united and it's amazing, you know? I mean, to see in all the solidarity, for example, from the Jewish American people in here in America, I mean, amazing, you know? Like after like last of the day, you see a lot of people raising money from the Jewish people that evacuate from the Jewish villages around Gaza. Uh, you seen you seen a lot of people sending uh, like notes for the people like medical supplies and like everything that they need money everything like in a second because this is one of the things that uh, make the Jewish people so good you know mm -hmm. so great because all about solidarity all about uh, to see what the other people need I mean it's amazing I'm so glad that I'm Jewish you know. And have you ever been to America before before coming to Gainesville? Yeah, I'm actually I was working in summer camp in 2018. So oh, okay. uh, I was doing like a big trip, um, and I was so I was working in BB camp in Oregon. It's like really cool, really cool camp. I was specialist for ropes over there, like uh, zip lines, rock climb, and everything. Yeah. And after that, I was uh, traveling a little bit more in America and Mexico, Peru, and Brazil amazing time i was a little bit young back then mm. right now i'm 27 you know it's, we're talking about 21 so 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 this is kind of your first time really living in america did you have any yes. um preconceived notions about uh being jewish in america or the jewish community in america before coming here so uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about the Jewish people that live in America, like I'm talking about Israelis, we don't know, for example, because in Israel, most of the people, even that they're not keeping Shabbat, they believe in the Orthodox way, right? So like, even if you're not like Shomer Shabbat, but you're still going to Orthodox synagogue, if you want, like for example, for Rosh Hashanah or Passover or whatever, you're going to Orthodox. So most of the people in Israel are from the Orthodox community. But me as Israeli before one year ago, I didn't know that like most of the people around America, they are reformed. I didn't know that because they didn't like, they don't, they didn't teach us that. And then I'm coming and then I remember when I'm coming the first time to America and I'm saying, no, 70% of the Jewish people that live in America, they are reformed. And one of the things that's like, I want to learn about, about my people culture, you know, and it's really interesting to connect with other people believe and like how you uh, how you believe uh, like if you're form conservative orthodox I really like it I really want to learn more about it um, because one of the things that uh, my name my real name is Shalom but everyone call me Shlomi but I want Shalom it means peace and high for those of you who don't know. So uh, my goal in life, I think this is like, uh, I, named, I named after my grandfather, but I think my goal in life is like united people. And because of that, I want to learn about uh, all the Jewish culture, reform, conservative, orthodox, and any other aspect of to be Jew. You said your grandfather was the chief rabbi? Yeah. Of, really? Wow. So was, do you have like, your family has like a long history in... Rehovot or he like how did he get to that position? So basically, a lot of people you cannot see a lot of people that actually Israeli. If you're going to like if you're going to inside a restaurant in Israel and you're asking like a random person where you're from, you won't say oh, I'm from Netanya, I'm from Rosalia, but like dude, where's your family from? And he's gonna say oh from Morocco, from Poland, from Romania. But one of the things that I can say about three quarter of my my family from Israel. How much generation? Like 20 minutes, 20 and more. So it's mm -hmm. amazing. 
I mean, like, uh, um, so my grandfather family is originally from Jerusalem because, like, most of the Jew back then, like, before, like, 10 or, like, 15 generation was, like, most of them was living around Jerusalem. So, yeah, so my, my family is, like, deep-rooted in Israel. That's really cool. Um, and I, I wanted to ask, what's it been like for you going from Israel to America and, and seeing a lot of um, the response to what happened in Israel with this war of, of Americans and um, seeing all these protests, uh, these anti-Israel protests and stuff like that. I know, like, you know, in Gainesville specifically, there's a lot of anti-Israel protests going on. The The county commission um, has been uh, in strong support of a ceasefire, at least um, a lot of the people in the county commission. So um, how has that made you feel? And did you expect something like this um, before coming to America? First of all, I think you can you can divide like people that actually know what happened in Israel and people like don't know. And you have another group that's like they don't know or they don't care. So you, you, when you go inside these protests and you got like you're gonna talk like really doing a conversation with this like the people that protest mm -hmm. against Israel, you're gonna ask them like, where is Israel? Why you protest? Most of them don't know how to answer this question. I mean, I heard people scream free Pakistan. I mean, like. Pakistan is like it's a really nice country. I've never been there, but it's like it's mm -hmm, it, it, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. they don't know what they scream about, you know? Yeah. So a lot of them gonna tell you, oh, we got baby because our friend is like over there. So we know we're like a lot of people don't know actually what happened. But when you're talking about someone that's like really know what happened, he's not going to protest against Israel because he know what's actually happened. Hamas came in October 7, 6 30 in the morning to civilians house the murder uh, innocent civilians, they rape, they kidnap, and this is what they do. I mean, like, they send it on now, then after they're killing people, they're just taking selfie. I mean, how it's make me feel, I mean, it's make me feel like people don't know what they're protesting about. People don't know what they're doing, and it's, it's make me sad, you know? But if we're talking about here in Gainesville, I mean, like, the Jewish people over here and the people that uh, support Israel, you can see a lot of support. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I'm feeling so lucky as a person to live over here in Gainesville. And I think you too, as students over here in the UF, can say that. Yeah, definitely. As well. It's something we've talked about a lot on the podcast. But if you're saying that you think so many of the people at the protests don't know what they're talking about, why is it this issue that brings everyone out? So I think it's like more like at a hot topic right now. It's cool to protest against Israel. It's trendy. It's trendy. A lot of people. Uh, uh, so if you remember last semester, a lot of people like uh, like was talking about that and everything because it was like the hot topic. But right now, go inside the social media. I mean, like most of the thing that you're gonna see, it's not related to the war. Why? Because it's not the hot topic. I mean, it's it's like it's some people it's still the hot mm. topic, but a lot of people are like, oh, I, I saw over it. it was like last semester. Now. We have an, another story, but one of, like one of the things that's really curious curious me about. I mean, when when you're looking about people, it's like really care about the situation right now. With mm -hmm. Palestinians, the Israelis. I mean, like, why are you so interesting? I mean, you're not from you're not from Israel. You never been there. You don't know anything about it, and you don't have any connection. So why yeah. you protest just against? Israel action. What about uh, things that happen in Iran, for example? I mean, if you so care about people, life, why you don't care about the thing that happened over there? I mean, it's like, so a lot of people is like, oh, it's just like the things that really hot right now. It's really hot to protest against Israel. But if you really know what happened, I mean, a lot of people are screaming for ceasefire. Ceasefire right now, in October 6th, it was a ceasefire. Hamas mm -hmm. came and said, we don't want a ceasefire. We just want to kill Jewish people and we kill non-Jewish people as well. We just want to kill Israelis and innocent civilians because this is what they do. This is Hamas. And one of the things that it's really make me mad is like to see a lot of people like, like saying, oh, Hamas is like it's a peaceful, a peaceful organization. You know, they just like want peace. They're not. They just want to kill innocent civilians. They're saying that they want to kill all the, the Jews. And we're seeing all the people that protesting in America University. They're saying from the river to the sea, so where is the Jewish people need to live? I mean, from the river is the Jordan River to the sea. I mean, this is the Mediterranean Sea. So where is all the Jewish people need to go? You know? 
Right, and I think it's interesting. You never see uh, any protest, uh, any of these protests with um, Palestinian flags and Israeli flags. I've never seen a protest like that, a peace protest. I have in Tel Aviv seen a protest like that right on my street where I lived over the summer. I saw over the summer uh, actually Palestinian flags on my street. They were protesting with the Israeli flag. So um, I think that's interesting. I had another point that I was about to say, but I completely forgot what it was. So if someone could speak while I think of what I was about to say. I think this is one of the things that can show you how how much Israel is a democratic state. I mean, people like, oh, Israel is apartheid state. Israel is like, uh, you know, but if you go inside Israel and you're like driving over there, first of all, all the, the lights and everything like, uh, uh, like everything is in Arabic, English and Hebrew. Yeah. Amazing, and I just saw today in um, in uh, Haifa they're doing um, protests against the war. So you're still able, even able to protest the war if you don't even like it, right. um, and even you know have free Palestine protests in uh, I've seen in, in in Yaffa in in all these other places. So the fact that uh, people are are saying that uh, these Arabs are are oppressed and they can't voice their opinions and make their voices heard and is is to me honestly utterly ridiculous and the and it's just kind of um changing the narrative or, or shifting the narrative to to your viewpoint which is uh wrong yeah for the most yeah there have been a lot of protests there's been some crackdown on protests but i mean that's pretty customary for any country um i mean look at look at america look at america and george floyd protests yeah yeah Um, which honestly has was even more extreme than what israel's been doing and what do you mean? The pro- you mean the in the crackdown, oh, uh, the crackdown of the protest? Yeah, definitely. Um, Haifa, great city, by the way. Really um, great. I've actually never been coexist. been to Haifa. I've always wanted really? to go. It's such the two a places fun I've always wanted city. to go in Israel that I've never been to yet. Uh, Haifa because it's like a nice mm-hmm. port city. Yeah. Um, and then Netanya because Interesting. because they got of the nude beach. No, not because <laughs> of the beach. Because they have a hockey rink there, and I really want to check it out. Oh, really? Gotcha. Yeah. In Netanya, ice, ice hockey rink. Yeah. I mean, one ice, one ice arena. Shout out uh, to the Levin family who made, who helped build that. Really? Huh. If you're going to be in Haifa, I'm strongly recommend about the Bahain Garden. So nice. So nice. Bahain Garden. Good. All right, yeah. all right. If you guys, if you're just gonna say like you just gonna wrote Haifa on Google, you're gonna see like this picture. Like everyone know what's about the Bahain Garden. It's really beautiful. I mean, yeah. And one of the things that I want to speak about is because we're talking about protests. And I remember when I was on Saturday night, we was going to rally for the hostages in Tel Aviv. Uh, I mean, I was in the rally for DC. I mean, we was together, yeah. right, on the bus for the uh, for the rally for Israel in DC. And I remember when I was singing at Tikva over there. It was like really powerful for me as a Jewish and Israeli to sing a tikva in the middle of like uh, new to the White House in DC. But it's like, I remember the other people that came with me, like the other Jewish people that came with me from Australia, from Canada, from United States. Like, and I was singing a tikva in the middle of um, new to the Tel Aviv Museum for Art, because the, over there is the hostages square. So I was singing a tikva over there and I see like, one of one of the students that came came with me from UF, she was like really crying, and I asked her like, "Wow, it's like this is one of the hostages is from your family," and she said, "No, but it's really exciting to sing Hatikva over here in Tel Aviv because it's like this is my home. I'm feeling over here like this is my place, you know." Yeah, and for me it was like really powerful win. I mean, like to see so many people that in Saturday night, you know, we're going to work on Sunday. To go outside of a home, just come come to Tel Aviv. I saw people from Haifa, people from Tzfat, people from like all over Israel, just being in one place. And the only thing that we want is from that people that Hamas kidnapped all the hostages. We just want them to be with my family. We just like w- want to him to bring to to be be able to do the holidays with the family, but just want them home. And this is why I was screaming, the only thing that was screaming is like, bring them home now. I mean, and, and it's like, it's so amazing how how many people around the world is like united to just release them, you know? Yeah, and I think there's a sense of urgency now. Um, it's been a hundred days, so I think there's, you know, the 
wor- the level of worry for the hostages is like at an extremely high level right yeah. now. And there's also the worry that people kind of um, forget. You know, I think we're starting to see that kind of um, social media, but just in in real life, you know, people just forget. They don't really have the attention span for. It's not just. It's I don't blame them. I mean, just anything. People don't really have the attention span for things like that. But it's a it's a crisis. You know, it's a real crisis. Yeah, so. I, I wanted to go back on something. So you were you're kind of saying that um, a lot of people are, are protesting this compared to to other. Trage- tragedies and and human rights violations that are happening in the world because it's kind of like the trendy thing to do to kind of like protest Israel. Um, I mean, do you think um, a lot of this also has to do with anti-Semitism and, and, and deep-rooted anti-Semitism into people? I, I don't know what these people think because, you know, I'm not a mind reader. Yeah. But you've seen a lot of anti-Semitic cases rising in America and all around the world. And I think we need to be united right now to protect our people, to protect other other life people, because this is what the Jewish people doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's all about solidarity. It's all about the tikkun olam. It's all about uh, the derech heretz. It's like, it's to me, the best person that you can be. And this is what I want to be as a shlomi. I want to be the best person that I can be. But... Some people is doing it just because it's trendy. Some people don't know what the poster about. They just being protest. Oh, this is like excuse to go outside of my house. And some people is like hate Jewish people. I mean, this is anti-Semitic cases that you've seen around campuses and around all America and around all the world. I mean, like when people is going outside and like screaming, kill the Jews because we see things like that, cases like that more in Europe, but in Israel, in, in America as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's make me. It's it's like, uh, it's make me afraid, and it's make me my my like. It's make my friends, a lot of students, to be afraid. But we have to be united. We have to we have to stand up against these kind of a cases, and we have to protect uh, civilians and Jewish people life because it's it's really horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are in twenty twenty four right now, and people just like, why you want to kill the Jews? What we why? Yeah. What we did to you specifically? I mean, like, I think it's it's start to be more trendy mm-hmm. as well, and like people don't know why they protest about it. again. I mean, like, before you're going to protest, before you're going to say like in publics like kill all like uh like from the river to the sea or like if you're saying like kill the Jews, no, this is anti-Semitic and you don't have any excuse to do that. I mean, it's, it's horrible things to say. I mean, this is anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying like uh, if you're saying from the river to the sea and you don't know what you're talking about, go home, dude, do some education and come back after you have all the right answers, after you know what your process is about, because you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I think the location of some of the protests is also like darkly humorous, like almost absurd. Like I remember only like a, a week or two after the the war happened there was a huge protest in Warsaw Poland against yeah. Israel which is just uh ridiculous one um, of them recently fronted that cancer hospital right, and they I were saying that that cancer hospital is complicit in yeah. Israeli genocide and these are real things like you can look this up there yeah. was a protest in front of a cancer hospital yeah. and you can see the I'll link that down in the bio cancer in the window um and Australia protests against uh saying uh, gas the Jews yeah. in Australia, which is interestingly enough the biggest colonial, one of the biggest colonial states um, in the world. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you wrap your head around that one. Yeah, but yeah, definitely some absurd things going on on the streets. And now with the situation from Yemen, a lot of people in New York I've seen um, the Houthi, the Houthi. Yes, yes, um, the Houthi, Houthis, and people chanting in front of, uh, in support of them. It with uh, it's like trendy chants, mm-hmm. you know, like rhymes. They use rhymes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, show me. You know, you're saying you were scared. I mean, when you know, ever since you know October seventh, have have you been thinking about you know maybe I should, you know, get out of America and move back to to Israel permanently, or or, or have you been longing? I, I mean, obviously you went home for for um, um in December. Um, for a few weeks, but, you know, is, have you been thinking like, you know, I'm, it's not really safe for me here and, you know, kind of got to go back to Israel. 
So it's a really good question. Why? Um, because I really want to be here in America and support other Jewish people. And I think it's really important. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to be like outside of Israel because Israel is my home. It's always going to be like, I want to raise my kids over there and I want to like work over there. I just want to live in Israel. I mean, Israel is amazing. And to live over here, I mean, like, I think it's really, it's really great that I'm supporting uh, people over here around America and I'm, I'm going to come back. Like, yeah. don't worry, I will come back to Israel in some point. I mean, like, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, maybe a year or two, but it's it's not like I'm not coming back because of the war. Because, again, for me to be over there protecting my country, uh, to doing a lot of things, this is something that I like to do, and I'm going to come back to volunteering probably in, like, uh, the next couple of months. But right now I'm thinking it's really, really important to support Jewish life over here in America, period. Do you ever worry that Jews in the diaspora will become disconnected with Israel? Because the war? Yeah, or just because, you know, with social media, let's say there's a lot of Jewish people that kind of grow disconnected from their Judaism and they don't have conversations with other Jewish people. And also to tag along with that, uh, assimilation into um, American culture and honestly cultures... In, around around the world that isn't Jewish or Israeli culture. So I, I I I talk with couple of people that's like a little bit younger than me, like it's like 20, 23, 24. I've seen a lot of the people that's like even they didn't feel connect to Israel or Judaism before like a couple months ago before the war. Right now, most of them they say to me, "Dude, we want to live in Israel." Like after the war, we want to come back, do Aliyah, like. We want to live in Israel. I'm asking why. I mean, like, this is because October 7th. This is like, why? And they're saying, now I'm feeling that Israel is the only home for me. This is the home for the Jewish people. And this is where I want to live and want to raise my kid. I mean, I'm feeling more connected to my Judaism. And this is what you're seeing around a lot of people in America right now. A lot of them feeling more connected to the, Juda- to the Judaism. Even, like... If it didn't feel like that before, mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I felt the same way. Another Eva. another interesting sidebar, um, kind of not related, but also kind of related. Um, polls are indicating that Arab Israelis are identifying more strongly with Israel, with the state of Israel, um, mm-hmm. post October seven than pre October seven. Uh, I think it's something something that's left out of the story a lot that a lot of. Um, Arab Israelis were killed on on October seven and yes. even uh, taken hostage. Yeah, um, girl Aisha and her brother—I don't remember his name—were two of the hostages released in one of the deals, and their father is still a hostage. You know, so I just wanted to clarify that. I think it's always an interesting thought experiment for the the anti-Israel protesters or the the if you know to be extreme the pro if there are pro Hamas protesters in a theoretical situation where Hamas would. Uh, defeat Israel or yeah. anything, and let's say that they ruled all of the land from the river to the sea, aside from obviously the genocide of the Jewish people, what would that state be like for the Palestinian and Arab uh, residents? We've already seen what that can be in mm-hmm. the Gaza Strip. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, um, for, for a lot of people, for a lot of Arab people that live in Israel, you can see them, like, you can see all of them equal in the same same way to Christian people and same way to Jewish people. I mean, like, it's a democratic state. People can, be, like, Arab people can do, can go to, uh, like, to be judge on the Supreme Court. We can be Havre Knesset. It's mean, like, we can work in the government. And they can be, like, vote about everything that they want. I mean, like, they're equal. And like, when Hamas came inside Israel in October 7th, they didn't, like, Oh, he's Jew, he's Arab, let's kill just the Jewish. No, they kill Jewish and Arab people as well, just because they are civilians. And they took a selfie after that to show to the whole world. And people, and the, for all the people that's saying that it's never happened, I mean, like Hamas posted. I mean, not, not even. Yeah, there are countless, there are countless um, videos. And I brought up the, I, I saw, vi- there was a video I just saw this week of um, the Hamas was on the, the road and took an Arab citizen actually yeah. and were forcing him at gunpoint to like bring them to the the music festival 
and the video cut off, but they were just hitting him with um, the gun. So yeah, and that's you know the the least of the brutal things that have been caught on video. There are a lot of brutal things besides, yeah. and of course there is that forty five minute um, film that's been screened for uh, journalists from all around the world. So. Yeah, I've I've told my friend, um, his name's Aaron. He lives in 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 Israel in Ranana. Um, I told him every day to send me pictures and videos that he's gotten of what happened on October 7th so that I don't forget. And it's not desensitized to me in a way. He's gotten, like, pictures and stuff from people he knows in, like, the Army through Telegram and stuff like that. So I think that just – I think a lot of people have gotten desensitized to it. And so I think that it's important to be able to see those pictures and to really take it for how it it is. Yeah, I was, I mean, on, on the day, on October 7th and 8th, I was all over uh, social media yeah. looking for, because, you know, the news was not yeah, fast I think, enough. I think all of us was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I was on Twitter, and I, you know, I saw all of the, the videos. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of these videos of atrocities. You know which which video I'm, like, uh, the most rememberable, like, the one that I'm I'll always seeing, if, even if I don't want, like, I, I have a, like, every time I'm talking about, like, what happened over there like this is the first video that's like popped to my head it's like i don't think i don't remember if it was a video or a picture but it's like i think it was a video uh, of that woman that pregnant woman uh, when we're taking when the hamas taking the baby out of her the bibas family no no no, no this different person no 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 like she was pregnant and they they take the baby out of her when she was alive and they stab her oh. baby in front oh of God. her and after it after she was seeing that it was killing them was killing her i mean to see that i mean like and after that people saying like oh it's never it's it's happened and it's yeah horrible and i think i think it's important to um to describe um these videos yeah because a lot of people just aren't aware i mean we've talked about the video of nama levy who was one of the hostages um yeah with the bloody pants being dragged into the Jeep. Um, there's a lot of people on social media that like to uh, make trivial things about the uh, beheadings. Um, yeah. There's a video of someone being beheaded with a, a shovel, just yeah. repeatedly smashing down yeah. with a shovel. So and also, um, they're kind of like justifying a lot of these kidnappings or killings because, like, they're the fact that the like a lot of them are Israeli soldiers, but they're still like teenagers, young really young adults early 20s late late teens i mean their only reason why you have these really young people in in this army and the reason they're they're forced to 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 serve is because of organizations like hamas like the houthis uh like hezbollah who are are forcing jews to to serve so young and and is what that's justifying raping soldiers and 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 kidnapping them yeah i mean when you've seen things like that it's like like i i know why people saying that hamas is isis i mean like hamas is isis you know it's terrible thing what they did and people should never forget what happened i mean it's like the horrible thing that happened to jewish people after the holocaust you know and like i don't need to to remind everyone but like next week i think the 27 it's going to be the holocaust uh, National Day, right? The uh, Holocaust Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. International. Oh, uh, it. But that's on the twenty seventh. This is on the twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, when we coming closer to this date, like it's really hard. To, like it's not really easy date for the Jewish people, and combine it with the October seven. I mean, like you. I'm. I'm. I'm coming back to the question that you asked me about um, solidarity and like what yeah. happened after. Like you seen how much solidarity you have uh, after every attack against Jewish people around the world. And this is one of the things that define the Jewish people. I mm-hmm. mean, like, all, all the things that we want as, uh, as civilians yeah. is just peace. We want to live our life, right? Mm-hmm. We want to raise our kids. We want to make money. Some of us good, you know, some of us bad. It's like, it depends what you want to do in life. I mean, like, uh, but what I'm talking about is like, you want 
to live your life. You don't want to kill anybody. You don't want to like uh, to control about anybody. You just you just want to live your life. And other people just like are these domestic people that just like want to kill you just because you're a Jew, just because you like for jealous. I don't know why they want to kill me. I mean, like I didn't do anything bad to them, right? And after the October 7th, the solidarity in Israel, amazing. And after the Holocaust, like what happened in Israel and what happened with all the people around the world, it's like, um, it's really, it's really hard. Like it was like really united and yeah. like with solidarity, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to, I want to kind of circle back to, I mean, you know, the reason why we, you know, brought you in here, we wanted to learn more about your experience going back to Israel and volunteering. Do you have any other really meaningful stories, any meaningful events that happened to you when you were there over over December? Yeah. Uh, first of all, let's talk about my nephew. He's like less less than a one year old. I mean, it's really cute. When he when he was uh when I remember when I was coming inside my parents' house and I was like opening my suitcase. I don't know after I'm bringing all the gifts to all my my family. Yeah. And my nephews and everything. Like my my youngest nephew, he his name is Ariel. He came to he came to my room. And he was crawling inside my, my suitcase and he was like, no, you never come back. I mean, it's so <laughs> cute to see that. And what gifts did you bring? Which gift? Oh, my God. Just curious what someone I brings. brought to my younger sister. I brought uh, Woody, you know, Woody from the yeah, Toy Story. Yeah. And my younger brother, I brought Buzz. Okay. <laughs> to my older sister, I brought a Snoopy, Snoopy PJ. Uh, to my brother-in-law, I brought a wallet. To my father, I brought perfume. Uh, to my to my mother, I brought like a thing that you hang like uh, on a porch or something like that. It's make miss beautiful nose. Oh, I don't okay. know how. To, like, oh, the wind, wind chimes. chimes. Wind exactly, chimes. Yeah. exactly. I bought it when I was in South Augustine. Beautiful, beautiful mm. place. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, can you talk about? Can you talk? Can you ask that question? One more yeah, time? I, yeah, I just if you had any meaningful experiences or moments with uh, that you had when yeah. volunteering. The sh- oh, when I was so first of all the Shabbat meal f- with my family. I mean, like to to do it one more time. I mean, it's amazing because my mother, she made the, the best Jewish food around the, the country. Okay. And Really? Yeah. What, yeah. Did, what did you eat? Ooh, schnitzel, challah. Are you guys Sephardi or Ashkenaz? Ashkenaz. Okay, okay. Ashkenaz. Chulent. I mean, all the best, all the best things. Around the, around the world. I mean, my mother make the the best food around the world. I mean, what can I do? I mean, this is my mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when we was going inside the shuk, all of us. We was doing that the food Carmel? tour. No, no, shuk machnu uh, in Jerusalem. We was doing the the food tour in Jerusalem on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I remember when people ask us, like, we don't see a lot of people from around the world these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially yeah. in the shuk. I mean, like, and they ask us, guys, what are you doing over here? And I was like telling them, we are from United States. We are uh, come here to volunteer for three weeks. And you see people that you, when you tell him that, he's almost crying. Mm-hmm. He's so excited. He was like, oh my gosh, people, Jewish people around the world care about me so much we just came here. They they pass about the, the, the winter break. They didn't like have fun or something like that. Instead of that, they came to Israel yeah. to volunteer and doing good. I mean, to see his face, to look at his face when, when you tell him that story, I mean, it's amazing. It's make you feel like I'm doing something. I'm doing something for other people. And I remember when we was doing laundry from the for the Jewish people that evacuated from the uh, Jewish villages. And there was like the look of the face, the look of like, that little girl that you giving her her PJ back. Yeah. After you just doing her, her laundry and she saw horrible stuff that was happening like happening over there. I mean, it's make you feel such an amazing like such an amazing experience. I mean, it's make you feel that you actually did something. Mm-hmm. Are people hopeful? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like we want to live a life. They want peace. They want to go to work. They want to hang out. They want to go out on. Friday or like Tuesday or whatever. We just want to live a life, you know. The people in Israel, the only thing that they want is peace. Like yeah. here, right? No, yeah. but are they are they hopeful in the, you know, because there's the north. Like, I mean, obviously these things are on everyone's mind at all times, I guess. So Look, you're saying like people do what they can do. 
Like yeah. they try to live their life. Yeah, look, nobody possible. wants war, right? It's not good for business. It's not good. Like, no, nobody wants a war. The only thing that people want, they want to live a life. But a terror organization like Hamas and Hezbollah or the Houthis, uh, they just want to arm and kill Jewish people. This is what they want to do. And they're not hiding it. They're saying it out loud. They're saying it to the media. And like, we have to stand up against terrorism. We have to stand up with humanity. I mean, like, they just want to kill us and we have to stand up. Israel have the right to this, to to uh, defend herself. She have the right to do whatever she, she wants to make their, their civilian's life the safest uh, way. And the people in Israel, they want peace. They don't want to kill everybody. Mm. They just want to protect themselves. If Hezbollah is going to attack and or Hamas is going to attack, we will try to protect ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to ask, I mean, obviously, I mean, for me personally, I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful about this war. I mean, Israel's very strong. Israel has the support of, of many countries, like America, for example. Yeah. And I think in terms of just, I, th- I think, you know, they will um, eventually dismantle Hamas. But are you hopeful about the world and and how the world sees Israel and 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 the Jewish people and eventually seeing Israel in in and and thinking about Israel in the way that that is fair and that is and that is just. I mean, are you hopeful about that? Yes, I, I think people around the world. Mo- I think most of the people around the world. The, the only thing that they want is like it's good things to happen. They want to live a life. They want good things for other people. And when you talking when you talking about the hearts of people. After a couple, uh, like I'm, I'm hopeful that all the people around the world are gonna see the good in Israel. We're gonna see the good in the Jewish people. Yeah. Everyone want to believe, and I want to believe, and the Israelis want to believe that we want to live a life. We yeah. don't want a war. And like I'm seeing a lot of support around uh, all the countries. Yes, I love it. I mean, like we're so grateful about that because people know uh, what happened. In October seven, people mm-hmm. know what Hamas did, and because of that, we know that we have the right to defend ourselves. I mean, we don't need any excuse. I mean, we was on ceasefire on October six. We didn't attack. Hamas attack. Hamas kills civilians. Yeah. End of story. I think I think it's something we we can't lose sight of. Um, it is concerning with the protests, but I also think the silent majority um, is something like. They're the people that are the loudest that have the most extreme views, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I but like, it's like if you if you like this, if I'm if I'm the one that's screaming louder, so it means I'm right. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't mean you're right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, because I mean, most normal people, if they read the news or whatever, you know, they I'm they should come to a common sense. Uh, on this well, issue. I don't know if reading the news is going to get you to that common sense because um, I don't think the news is really doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, well, what do you right what now. do you read? And I'll get to you too on what what your news. I mean, look, I, like I've said this many times, I listen to NPR, right, I read okay. NPR, yeah. And do do I think that they do the best job at it? No, I don't think they do the greatest job at it. What do I read? Uh, I read a lot of the 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 outlets from Israel, hmm. um, or or watch or listen to a lot of the outlets of uh, of Israel. I twenty four. Jerusalem Post, um, fr- uh, free press, uh, not free press, um, honest reporting. Sorry, I do, I do, I do still read um, the New York Times. Okay, I, I like to, I read the opinion pages actually. Yeah, I, like to, I think I think that's important. But yeah. I, I do read their coverage on the war. Um, I, I I like the Wall Street Journal a lot. Okay. I think that they, in my opinion, do the best reporting on this war from an American standpoint. Yeah. I think the Times of Israel is generally uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think Axios is actually pretty good. Axios? Yeah. I think CNN's done a decent job. CNN has, has been doing a good job. I was watching yeah. a lot of their coverage in the early um, days of the war. Mm-hmm. They did have the mishap with the hospital um, yeah. bombing. They were quick to report that. But other than that, they've um, been doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Shelby, where, are do you, where do you get you your news guy? So I have a Telegram channel that can give you the whole like from all of can they combine like the whole channel yeah around like the main channel around the world and you can see all all of the news so i'm basically like love to see everything but you know like before i'm reading something i have common sense you know i'm not going to believe 
anything that I'm going to read, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people, like, when we read something on the news, we think, like, exactly what is happening. You just talk about the thing that happened with CNN. I mean, even CNN, there was mis- well, they have a mistake, right? Yeah, of course. So you don't need to believe everything that you need to read. You need to have common sense. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Levi, and, and I'm sure you, you agree with this too, like, I feel like consuming journalism... As someone who who is a journalist, I think it's such an active, I guess, art form. Or it's it's you, you got yeah, to do it. You have to work on it. You have to because work on it. you can't just like be passively like, okay, I read this article and I instantly know everything, or I can instantly like believe this. You need to be getting things from all different types of sources because journalists aren't perfect, and there's biases. You need to be able to take in as much information as you can to form an, a proper opinion and an understanding. And it takes some time, but it's it, you, you got to be active when you're consuming your journalism. And I've, I've always told this to people. 100%. And I don't count out, like, for instance, the New York Times have been very critical on this podcast about their, yeah. their coverage. Of course. But I don't, you know, I, I will read articles in the New York Times and I'll be like, oh, I, I think that that's a, a good article or that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, I don't speak in absolutes about these things, even if their coverage has been on the bad side, I would say. Yeah. Um. Also, I wanted to say that something I heard someone say this. I don't know. I was watching something. I don't remember what it was, but there's a lot of talk about the media bias against Israel. Yeah. And I think I think that some of it is like people. I do think that there is just a lack of education in journalism about uh, understanding the Middle East or the history of Israel. Yeah. I really do think some of it just boils yeah. down to that. And I, I mean. I'm a journalism student. I'm taking classes among the next generations of journalists, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we see it there as well. So Yeah, and 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 even like a lot of, you know, oh, here's our Middle East correspondent, but they're like funded by like Qatar and, and stuff like that. I mean, you, I I think like there are a lot of great Middle East correspondents. You got to just make sure that you're listening to the right ones who don't have that like right. Al Jazeera yeah. is not is not um, a valid source. Oh, not um, not even a little bit. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that, and I, I talk about this so much that people get annoyed at me. Mm-hmm. But Al Jazeera is kind of accepted in the West um, sometimes because they have an English channel and an Arabic channel. Yeah. But a channel like Russia Today, which just publishes Russian propaganda is a no-no. Like, someone can't mm-hmm. tell me, oh, I'm a journalist from Russia today. I'd walk in here. People aren't going to accept them. Um, but Al Jazeera is a state-funded uh, media outlet yeah. by um, the Qatari government, which mm-hmm. is an interesting place, Qatar. They have a lot of interesting yeah. human rights Yeah, and one of you can see, well, I think, uh, Al Jazeera, let just give you one point of view, right? Yeah. I mean, like, how can you be objective if you're only going to show one point of view, right? Yeah. Well, they try. Yeah. Well, they, I, well they're English. They cover, don't. They have. They a- don't care about ob- objectivity. I mean, you just had um, Leah Harding, who's a who used to work at Al Jazeera, come here, and I don't know if she already gave it the talk, but I know it was. We got an email. It was how to use your biases for <laughs> journal for journalism. Like what? So like someone, so essentially, someone here's an interesting thing. So, someone from Al Jazeera is giving a presentation to the next generation of journalists about how to be unbiased. And no, it's not how to be unbiased. <laughs> it's how here I'll pull it up for you. What it's is, it's okay. it's literally like oh you could use your biases. How it's, so it's oh, let me show you. Someone that was working in Al Jazeera, they're yes. going to show you guys how to be objective. I don't, he's gonna read the the flyer because yeah, I did. Gonna... I, I glanced over this, but I didn't. So read it's it. it's a lunch with international journalist Leah Harding. When is this event? January eighteenth. It passed. It already happened. But okay. basically, knowing and owning your bias. A lunch and learn with journalist Leah Harding. Okay, so it's it, it basically describes it as this: knowing and owning your bias, how your upbringing, race, country of origin, and hobbies can enhance your storytelling ability instead of disqualifying you from reporting on a topic. Oh, 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 and uh, are you African-American and covering the George Floyd protests, a Palestinian reporting on Israeli airstrikes or on the board of Gator Girl? It, it's like it's like, you know, like it's like it's just basically like you could be as, uh, you know, as as subjective and you could be as biased as you want. Like you, you could you won't be uh, disqualified from any story, which is something that they teach you not to do here. <laughs> well, it's interesting because 
I okay, I'm very opinionated, yeah. opinionated on this topic, and I would understand it because WUFT, this organization, is a very like you know it's a PBS NPR type station. Of course, so, yeah. Okay, I would understand it because of my opinions or my social media posts. Maybe they would not want me to cover this, but it's interesting because. I'm not paid by the Israeli government. No. I actually, you know, I've spoken on this podcast. We didn't go on to end this podcast, but because this is more focused on, vo- sorry, on volunteering. But I, on all of our podcasts, I pretty much criticize the Israeli government. Of course, and I me don't too. support the Israeli government at yeah. all. I would like them to be voted out. So I think it's interesting that someone from who was paid, was paid. I don't know if they're still an employee of Al Jazeera, but paid by a foreign government yeah. is somehow expected to give a lesson to me about morality mm. and I'll biases. tell you something. She's not part of Al Jazeera now, but looking at her Instagram and the things she's done, I think she's gotten a lot of money from Guitar. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. yeah I mean, you guys is right. Like, if you paid by a foreign country, you cannot show, like, two point of view. I mean, you're only going to show, like, one point of view, right? Yeah, yeah of course. You're pretty much, um, you're pretty much a pup, like, like, a PR person that's disguised as a journalist to just seem objective and and enlightened. I don't I, know. I, it infuriates me. It, it, it really does anger me. Me too, a lot. Levi. <laughs> me too. Um, we're getting kind of late. Um, okay. We kind of want. I think we should probably wrap up. All right. Um, um, Shlomi, is there anything else that you wanna you want our listeners to know? You wanna talk about before we kind of wrap this up? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about Israeli food for a minute. I mean, okay. like, all right, all right. Uh, I, I mean, all conversation. of us, lo- uh, yeah, yeah, all of us love Israeli food. I mean, what is your favorite uh, food? My favorite Israeli food. So when I went to to Israel in the summer, something that I really loved, and it, it's it's so simple, but it's just so something about it. Sabich. Sabich. I love sabich. Mm. Uh-huh. What about you? Um, my two favorite restaurants in Israel are a place called Jasmino, which is a kebab restaurant, and mm-hmm. Mish- uh, Did Michael Rappaport end up going to Jasmino? Don't know. I have to ask You got to talk Mif to him Gash, about that. Mifgash Rambam. Mm, it's a shawarma right. place. These are the two favorite restaurants sure. of mine in Israel. So I could think of more. But I'm trying to think. I, I like shakshuka from Aroma. Shakshuka is great. Shakshuka. And a lot, of, a lot of my friends, uh, Israeli friends, like to kind of like... Uh, trash me for eating a shakshuka at Aroma, and I don't have. I mean, any... it's kind of like you eating like a spinach feta wrap from from Starbucks. Yeah, I mean, I stand up. <laughs> I stand up to them. I tell them, listen, you're crazy. This is the best shakshuka that you can buy. My favorite place is in the Machnuyda Shuk. It's called Aka. Actually, when I wasn't volunteering. Oh, the the, the but... Turkish the with the like meat. Yeah, thing. yeah I love yeah, that place. Dude, yeah. It was amazing. Instead of like hummus and tahina, we put in like a uh, omelet. Like. I don't know. They would just like put in their own stuff on it, and it's amazing. I mean, it's cost like forty-four shekels, which is like twelve dollars. Twelve dollars, yeah. and it's like you can be like, uh, like it's it can be for the whole day. Do you just mar- one meal. Do you marzipan? Yeah, marzipan. Oh, I love marzipan. Marzipan is the best. I I love that place so much. I'm trying to think of some yeah. of my other favorite restaurants. My um. My grand when I got when I went, my grandfather got me like a ton of marzipan stuff, and when especially when it's like nice and hot too, it's like amazing. And they have like great gluten free stuff too. Yeah. Um, for any of you, um, people who can't eat gluten. A so great place. Gotta... I don't know why I'm hyping up Haifa so much on this podcast, <laughs> but there's a place called Fatouche in Haifa that's like such a cool place. It's okay. a bar, like live music, um, pretty expensive kind of, but it's really good. Also, something I was randomly on the Wiki- the depths of Wikipedia like uh, y- yesterday at some point, mm-hmm. and did you know that in Haifa they have the smallest subway system in the world? Really? Yeah. The Carmelite. I know. It's I like know. so Mount Carmel is the mountain, and there's like a little. It's really cool. It's like uh, a a subway that's like diagonal, kind of like a tiny a tiny little subway, and it has like five stops. On that's it. so and cool. And it just goes up and down, but it's a full subway. Yeah, system, I, w- so. I was driving. I was driving it uh, when I was a little kid. I think one of the things is like when you're talking about Israel, you're talking about uh, right now about the war. But before, before that, you was we were talking about the food. You don't talking about like doing birthright or onward or anything else that you're doing. But Israel is like more more than like food, you know. 
Uh, a lot of people don't talk about, for example, you have the new light train that you have uh, in old yeah. center of Tel Aviv. Yeah, it just opens right as soon as I move out. Yeah, I know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we was waiting for I love, when is Levi is going I to love, leave town. I and love then public gonna... transportation. I love public transportation. Me too, me too. And I, the one in Jerusalem is so cool. I know, I know. So, the light train. Yeah. I, I get, I kind of trip out when I see like, all of the um, the Hasidic people like wearing the the hats and everything, yeah. and they're in Jerusalem and they get onto the the light rail because it's like an ancient, like it, it's like a combination, like a yeah, it's like a blend vintage of like vintage the, people, like vintage uh, yeah, like they all like run onto the, the train, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, but like you have a lot of people in Israel that's like a lot of people don't talk about. For example, like high tech company that yeah. you have in Israel. A lot of innovation, a lot of like uh, new things that's coming from Israel. I don't know if you know that, but for example, the tom- cherry tomato. Yeah, it was made yeah. in Israel. Of course, you think we don't know that? Yeah. We know I that. Don't know. I don't know. I just like you know. I just like bring people stuff. But after after three weeks in, first of all, it's give me a lot of power. Like after the volunteers, it give me a lot of power to come back and support Jewish people over here. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you know, to be my family and everything. And for this, like, I was seeing things from my own eyes. And now I know what's happening in Israel. I mean, the war is still happening in the, like, uh, but it's happening like more in the south border near to Gaza Strip and to yeah. near to uh, the north border, near to Lebanon. And like, maybe maybe like uh, around Syria as well. But all the rest of the of the places in Israel, like from Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, Netanya, Artelia, of like the center, like if you're talking about the north, you're talking about like until Akko, and like from Akko, if you're not going too close, uh, too close to Gaza Strip, so it's really safe until a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, and people like want to come to visit, for example, this summer for birthright or onward. Yeah, I mean, I'm really strongly recommend that. I think people should go. Especially this summer. Why? Because this summer, I mean, like this time right now, it's you can tell to your children, you can tell to your grandson that's like, yeah, I've been in Israel in this year, in that year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. It's it's like part of history. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to be able to come. Um, yeah. For like two weeks, probably maybe in May. So hopefully that gets done. But yeah. I don't know if I'll be there. I, c- but I could uh, do a podcast episode f- reporting from. Oh that would be great. Oh yeah. my god, it's amazing. That would Our be really special amazing. Israel reporter <laughs> Levi yeah, exactly. Um All right, we're gonna wrap up here. Um, Shlomi, we really appreciate you coming onto our podcast and talking with us and t- um, telling us about your your Israel adventures and the things that you've been doing. Um, and Levi, is there anything else that you want to say? No, that's all. I thought we had a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, and I feel like maybe down the road you'll be back. Yeah. We had a great talk. I could see it. I could see it. All right, guys, we hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And, and yeah, thank you guys so much. Shalom. Shalom.